Are you ready to create a life you crave? Let's spin that doom loop of negativity into an upward success cycle and start living lucky. I'm... How many times have we done this? It's over 700. Good, Good morning. morning. I'm Jana. I'm Jason. And we are living lucky. We hope you are too. You know, it goes along with what we're talking about today. We know what to do. We just don't always do it. Yeah, we know what we do. We don't always do what we know. How many self-development courses have you taken? How many times have you... How many times have you enlisted a personal trainer and, and <laughs> they, up for the gym. <laughs> they tell you exactly what exercises to do, they tell you what to eat, you've read the books, you know what to do, but you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, just on a daily basis, we have these little aha moments and we did an episode a couple days back or a couple episodes back about glimmers. Mm-hmm. And so we have these aha moments that remind us what oh, to yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's, that's the gonna answer. That's going to be the game changer. That's the answer. But by the time we get through with the drive or get through with the walk or get through with the conversation or with whatever's happening it's in the, the time. It's the aha moment, the eureka moment. Yeah. And then it just glimmers away. And, so then, away. and then it's the implementation that's really what and we're talking about. Implementation. Implementation and then consistency because we don't see results immediately. Mm. And so we need to continuously show up and continuously implement the information. And, and therefore, we have to step into faith or the belief that it is working even when we have no proof that it is. Yeah, it's kind of like just having great concept and theory behind the compounding effect and knowing that if this is something that makes me better, if I continue to do it even a little bit at a time over time, it will become part of my identity and I will be that better person. So the example we're using today is journaling. Mm. <laughs> and the reason we're using this is because it started out, Jason is now, I'm so proud of you. I, I am going to brag about you real quickly, but Jason is now coaching the coaches <laughs> on Mind Valley, which is, uh, super that exciting. is, it was, is such an achievement. It's an honor. It is an honor. So he is now coaching all of the people who want to be coaches. Jason is now coach Jason and teaching people how to become coaches, which is, ah, that is just awesome. At any rate, you had someone in your cohort ask you the question. Well, she was just, she was kind of talking about that her, she had this, these runaway thoughts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we have these runaway thoughts. And if we keep them inside of us, it just, they just uh, continue to run away. You think that there's only this eight inches between your ears, but it, that area is vast when it comes to thoughts. And it will wrap around and get tangled in. And sooner or later, if it's a negative thought, if you keep allowing it to ricochet around in there and, and expand, it, it'll kind of turn into like a tumor and attach itself to you. It and starts get your, to ruminate. And that's where your issues becomes, get caught in your tissues. It becomes almost like a record player that skips over and over and over. And the more that it 
it skips, the deeper those grooves start to Yeah, it's neuroconditioning. Yes. And and it it's it's actually called neuroplasticity. And those grooves actually go deeper and deeper into our brains, and then they become harder and harder to break. Those beliefs become harder and harder to reframe yeah, or ima- overcome. Imagine it's like a trail through the woods. You mm-hmm. keep walking that trail over and over and over again. Sooner or later, the grass just says, I'm not growing here anymore Yes, because you've worn me down and this is what it is now. I'm, I'm just dirt. I'm a trail. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a trail. dirt trail. Yeah, I've, I've changed from a grassy meadow or a grassy area between trees. Now I'm a trail. So until identity. until it starts to rain, and then that trail becomes mud, mm, and someone comes and along rut. and says, "You know what? I can't go there because I'm going to get stuck." And so then someone says, "I'm going to think differently, and I'm going to go a little bit outside the trail." Yes. And then that's when oh, goosebumps. Other people start thinking, "Oh, well, maybe I can go that way too." And then they start thinking differently as well. Yeah. So we talked about journaling because mm-hmm. one of these thoughts just kind of she got blown out. Really, is what happened, and all these thoughts were running crazy. Ended up taking it out on one of her kids. You know, not like harsh, but. Not like beating yeah, her kid up. It's let's one of those things where you let's don't call social services. Right. It's one of those things where it's like I didn't act the way I wanted to act, or I didn't respond to my child the way I wanted to respond, and mm-hmm. that that I felt that in my heart, and she wanted to to respond better in those situations. So the idea was to just okay, well, let's get some of these thoughts out on paper, right? Because while they're ricocheting around in your brain, you don't. Get, you don't have a, a harness on them. You don't get to lead them where you want them to go. And if, you, if you're if you forced to write them out, mm-hmm. and a lot of people want to type them out or text them out in their notes app or whatever, I'm a write, I, I like to hand write it out with a pen. So I literally see my physical hand. It's almost like they're leaving the body that way. And actually there's, there is scientific research of the hand and the mind there's there is a connection there. So when you hand write your thoughts, it does help them it allow- exit the body yeah. a little bit better. And it allows you to get it organized because it, it comes out more organized on paper, even if you're just like free free thinking. Mm-hmm. It still comes out in a little bit more organized fashion and then you can kind of process it. It's kind of like with the emotions. If you if you can name it, you can tame it. Mm-hmm. You got to feel it to heal it. Well, if you can get it into a sentence... Jason's quite the rhymer I'm today. a poet and didn't know it. Right? He's like Dr. <laughs> Seuss over here. <laughs> but so if we can get it in a, in a fluid sentence or just out on paper, we can see it. And things that you can see are a lot easier to process and mitigate. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. And the thing is, is we know that we should journal. We know that it helps us get things out of our minds, out of our, it helps us clear our hearts. It helps us express our souls. It helps us get our subconscious so that it actually helps communicate with our subconscious, things that we didn't even know we were thinking. And Uh, it's a way to see your growth, like literally on paper. And yet there's times when I know for myself, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm feeling. And and yet, if I just go over to my art room, grab my journal and start writing, 
it would come out. Isn't it amazing though? Because I watch you do this out. and I watch it come out and then I'm like, wow. And you actually come out of the room a different person too. I do. I always do. So we know what to do mm-hmm. and we don't often do what we know. I mean, you, you've mentioned it several times and a couple other people have said, we know how to get rich. We know mm-hmm. how to get skinny or be healthy. Mm-hmm. We know how to have good relationships, but we we fight it sometimes and get in our way. <laughs> I, I think there's somewhat of a sabotage there. And then that comes down to we're, why is it serving us to stay in this... Frenzy of chaos. Yes. Why? What, what, what is it? it what excuse does it give us? Like what... What if we are just a, a few pounds overweight, you know, what is that serving us? Is it if we do lose those, it's almost shielding us. It's right. shielding us because if we lose those extra pounds of weight, then what excuse are we going to have? More people are going to look at me. <laughs> well, what excuse are we going to have if we aren't successful? We don't have an excuse no, to say, yeah. oh, well, it's, it's because I'm a couple pounds if overweight. If I was five pounds lighter, I would have gotten the job. Yeah, they <laughs> they don't like me because I'm a couple pounds overweight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not pretty enough because I'm a couple pounds overweight. It's like a, it's like a cop-out in, in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? It sometimes gives you that thing that you can talk to, tell your friends, oh, it's something I'm working on. Well, you're not really. Yeah. Like, it's, like it might be that you've. You've gotten to your comfort zone of the level of work you're going to put in. Yeah. And you're like, I just. But this is this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And then when you get in that comfort zone, that's when the compounding effect has the reverse effect on you. <laughs> so we, we know what to do. The question is to ask yourself, why am I not doing it? Yeah, we had this conversation the other day about me contacting my family, like just on the phone. I, I just, I don't, I. I don't like phones. Oh, Jason. So that's a statement that's not really true because I love phones, Mm -hmm. but I don't like dialing out. And I think it comes from, even though I knew that it created business for me in sales, like I had to do 150 calls every week, like twice a week to set appointments. And so I don't like calling for leisure, like for pleasure, for things like that. Like I don't pick up the phone and just call someone and say, how you doing? Like it's not my go-to to get in the car and dial someone to talk, to have that conversation. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you on that because I feel like you are, there's, there's some emotional discourse there. Yeah. You're well, that's what we you're talked mixing about, some signals right? there. It's not congruent. Uh-huh. It's not, and, and we've talked about like how, our lives are going to be in 15, 20 years and like what that looks like, what it feels like. And we were talking yesterday about my emotional well-being, knowing that I have not had communication, good, good communication with my family and what that will feel like in 20 years. And I was like, I know. And it's, it's hard because I, I think I know what I need to be doing. I'm just not doing it. And you said, I'll stand next to you yeah. and dial the phone if that's what it takes, but you're going to be dial- you're going to start changing so that habit. So I'm just curious. I am just curious because what is happening on the surface is never what's happening. So so do you mind if we just go here yeah, real quickly? Yeah, we can do it. Let's and go I know here. what it is. Let's go here. Okay, so so why haven't you contacted your family? Cuz it's it's about being feeling like I'm being judged, like I'm being questioned. So I hid a lot from my mom when I was kept growing up. Like I, I smoked in high school 
And that, that was like a huge no. <laughs> like that's not something you're supposed to do. So every time I would come home from anywhere, I know they smelled smoke on me now that I'm old enough to realize that you can smell smoke from a mile away. And I would get a hundred questions. Where were you? Who were you with? What were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it felt like an interrogation. So now almost any question, just as simple as, how are things? If it if it's followed by a second question, sounds like an interrogation. And I know it's not. It's just love. But it's like, I just need to work myself through it. So why do you think they would interrogate you now? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. And that's the thing. It's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. And because we all live apart and they spend more time together, like my sister and my parents spend more time together. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get to hear all about what they're doing if I do call. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I, I'm like, well, what about what I'm doing? So is that interesting or, and see, and that involves asking the question. So there, I want them to ask the questions and I don't. It's a weird jacked up thing. And it's, and that's where my blind spot is. And when you pointed it out the other day, I was like, ah, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because it's something that needs to get fixed or I don't get to meet my future self. Who's in this whole aura of feeling because that, that part will really be detracting from that, that experience that I want to have. If you didn't catch that, what Jason just said is he doesn't like it when his family asks him questions. And then yet at the same time, he's like, why aren't they taking an interest in me? Why aren't they asking me questions? I don't want to be around people. Why don't people want to be around me? Yes. Which, which he's, (laughs) he's laughing because when I was depressed, that's exactly what I kept saying is, oh, I don't want to be around people. Why doesn't, Why doesn't anybody want to care about me? Yes, <laughs> I feel so lonely. Why doesn't anybody want to be around me? <sighs> Which is just it's, so funny. It was like, it was the, ex- I was contradicting myself. But sometimes we don't know where that spot is, like until someone pokes the bear. And yesterday you poked the bear and it was like, wow, that's where it is. Cause we don't think about it. If it's not at the front of our mind, yeah. like it does come up. Like around birthdays, mm-hmm. and if I forget a birthday, God forbid, I'm like, oh, God, I'm a horrible son. And I think back, well, I haven't called in the last six months <laughs> you know, or three months. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I, I want to get, I, what I say in my head is I want to get better. And I make a plan. Like you saw, I had it, like I had the calendar buffed out with all these he, call I know. mom, he call actually, sister, call dad. I actually <laughs> asked him to take out those reminders because they popped up every day. They were like, <laughs> call Robert, call this person, so call that person. So there's a lesson. So I probably what I did because I went back to my old routines of adding things mm-hmm. um, because this is such a, a stressful situation for me. So I wanted full immersion and I should have just eased myself in. Like that. Baby steps. Yeah, it's like a let's just get a little bit better. I don't have to go. I don't have to. You don't have change to change the relationship wild. overnight. Let's get a little bit better. What yeah. if I call once a once month? Once a month, and I and I and I make it intentional about that, and then I can do it every three weeks. But kind of work myself into it. It's like I'm not tying double knots and and all these sailors knots in my shoes mm-hmm. right off the bat. Right. I don't have to be I, I all like in. <laughs> okay. Well. The lesson today is we know what we need to do, so why aren't we doing it 
That's the question to ask ourselves. It's all about implementation and consistency. Consistency. And you'll be right on your way to living lucky. (sighs) And I'm going to go journal right now. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Thanks for joining us. Start living lucky. Bye, guys. If the idea of living lucky appeals to you, visit us at startlivinglucky.com.